to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. Today, we are talking about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and that is exhaustion and entrepreneurship. Now, if you've been in the entrepreneurial game for a little while, or maybe you're just getting started and you haven't gotten there yet, let this either be a warning or a uh, commendation for making it through. At some point or another, as an entrepreneur, you're going to find yourself being exhausted. And there's a couple reasons why this happens. And 2020 was a, um, among its challenges, it was particularly challenging for entrepreneurs because we are always uh, in the game to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. And so I found myself in a position where I had a lot of friends and family and other people that were like, oh yeah, 2020, no big deal. You know, like, we're at home, we're hanging out with our kids, we're going on walks, we're doing this. And I'm just like, Oh, well, I am super busy. And I didn't get to do any of that stuff. And so I found myself pushing myself even harder. Because I had people at home, I had to manage my time better, I had felt like I had a lot more things that I needed to get done and put out there into the world, I had a lot more projects. And I'm grateful for all of those things. But it caught up with me because I did not manage my boundaries. I did not use the, the, the shortest sentence in the world. No, as often as I should have. And I didn't ask for help. And when we begin our entrepreneurial journey, or when we are on our journey as entrepreneurs, it's really easy to get caught up in the doing. And a lot of times we take actions that aren't leading to any financial gain or any new customers or anything in particular, it just makes us feel good that we're accomplishing things or so we think. And so I wanted to do this episode because I've spent a good chunk of 2021 feeling exhausted because I didn't give in to myself and allow myself to have a routine where I took care of myself. And it's taken me quite a bit of time to get back on the horse, as you may, of wanting to dive into work. And I'm looking at things a little bit differently. And so I wanted to share those with you and also share some insights on things that I not only learned, but that I'm currently learning And also um, some of the things that kind of keep us stuck when we move into entrepreneurship from particularly a corporate background or from a business background. So I work with a lot of people that used to be in corporate. Um, They've either had a really great um, career and then they wanted to take their expertise and knowledge and move it into either coaching or consulting with other businesses, or they wanna start an online program. And that's great. Unfortunately, we bring with us from that culture a lot of bad habits that entrepreneurial life does not, um, it doesn't work when you're an entrepreneur. And so I want to talk about those first. And the first is, is that as an employee mindset, whether you're on a salary, or you um, have an hourly wage, you have this mindset that you trade your time for dollars. Well, so if you are, you know, making $70,000 a year, you, you know, you've signed up for 40 plus hours a week. And so you equate that amount of time with what you do. Well, in entrepreneurship, it may take you 80 hours to do all of the things that need to be done, and you're not going to get paid more. And so one of the things that I found when I started my entrepreneurial um, journey was that I wasn't charging enough, like I thought I was charging so much money. And then I broke down and I actually realized how many hours I was spending on a project or how many hours 
I was, you know, designing a website, for example, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm making like less than people at McDonald's. This is ridiculous. And it was because I was not equating the amount of time at an hourly rate that was in alignment with not only what my skill set was, but with how much time a project would take to the actual outcome of the project. And so we want to get out of the habit of trading our time for money. We want to instead look at, okay, this is our hourly rate. Can I look at either hiring someone that charges less to do some of the things that need to be done? Or how can I in some way either offset or outsource those things or not do them at all? And so I had a client call today and um, we had this conversation. And what came up is is the question that I want you to um, take away from this episode. And that is to ask yourself, what are the things you really enjoy doing? Like, and I asked this actually to my kids the other day, I said, you know, if you had to wake up every single day for the rest of your life and do one thing, what would it be? And of course, the answer was video games. And I was like, okay, that's great. But how do you turn video games, whether you're playing them or designing them or whatever, into a way to make money? And so it it caused them to think about that a little bit more, but have that same tenacity in what you do. There's a reason you started this journey. There's a reason you got onto the entrepreneurial bus and said, hey, I'm going to hang out my hat and do this thing on my own. That's the stuff you should spend most of your time thinking about. That's the stuff that is going to keep you propelling forward. And often that means a vision for your company, not only where you are today, but where you want to be in three years, in five years, in 20 years, and then figuring out, okay, what are the steps that need to happen in order for me to get there? Many people just dive in and they're like, I just need to get my first client. Well, what happens after that? What happens after you get your first client? is that you get your next client and your next client and you don't have processes and you don't have procedures and you're just running around. And the next thing you know, you're burned out, you're exhausted and you don't, nothing gets done because you haven't filled your cup first. So there's this, the other component to this is that in the world of entrepreneurship, there's many people that are like hustle your butt off until it pays. And I'm not saying to not take action but I am saying that hustle isn't the only way to make money. And I follow um, a mentor and I followed him now for three or four years and he got me started on the journey of energy. Now I've always been very spiritual and, you know, take it or leave it. But this is what I have found is by following his advice um, has worked. And I, I tried it again this week is that you have the power to generate money without working your full head off. And that is by aligning your thoughts and your energy to what you are aiming towards, what you want, not what you don't have. And so let me give you an example. I, I, I have to get back on the, um, I'm going to call it the spiritual bandwagon once in a while, because if I don't, my mental state gets all wackadoo. And I'm like, I start beating myself up. I don't think I can do it. You know, all of the things that entrepreneurs go through. Yes, that's totally normal. You're out here on your own. So, you know, when you're having conversations with yourself, it's not always the nicest thing. So how do I get back on my bandwagon? Well, I listen to um, Abraham Hicks. That's one thing. I read really uh, inspiring books. I'm always... um, interested in like 
what is the frequency and the energy around money and success and abundance and all of those different things because I have found it work for me. And so um, I had it happen again this week where I was just, I was kind of down in the dumps and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do about this program and I don't know what to do about that program. So I got quiet. And um, I'm not saying like, if you go and meditate, that money's going to appear. But I am saying that if you go and get quiet, you may realize the reason um, that you want that money. And it may not be the reason that you think. And so getting aligned with, you know, what it is you really want, again, creating a vision, why you want that. And a lot of times people get into entrepreneurship, not just because of the money, like they want to make money, but it's because they want freedom and they want their time back but then they start working their full head off and they have no time and they have no um, schedule around their business. Um, they Instead, they schedule their life around their business instead of scheduling their business around their life. And then you're right back where you started in corporate. And that's not what we want. We wanna have the flexibility and the freedom to have the business we want, help the people that we wanna help. And most of us wanna have some sort of impact. And so I wanna encourage you today to one, think about why you're wanting to move forward and create the money. Two, is hustle really the only way for you to get there? And I'm going to challenge you and say it isn't because there are so many people out there that are hustling, 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 and you look at their bank account and they're broke because all they do is preach hustle, 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 and they'll take any job, they'll work with anyone, and then they are frustrated because they're burned out. And instead, I'm not saying don't pay your bills. I'm not saying, you know, don't get a job if you need to supplement your income while you're building your um, your coaching business out or whatever. But most people that I work with have set aside a budget to start this business. And if you invest in the right things and you align your mindset to the opportunity of attracting what you want versus forcing what you want to come to you, it it becomes an attraction mode instead of a pushing mode, then you won't have to work so hard. So along with that hustle mentality, a lot of times we think we have to work harder to get noticed to make money. And we have to um, do all the things. We have to be on. We have to be on every social media platform. We have to post a blog every week. We have to put out a podcast all the time. We, you know, we have to. We have to. We have to. Well, um, one thing that if you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard me say is I want you to replace the phrase "have to" with "get to," because it is an opportunity for us to be here, and it is a blessing. And when we start to practice gratitude, that opens up the doorway for abundance. But two is that how many times have you started doing all of those things and you've created this agenda of all of the things you need to do and all the posting and all the creating, and then you realize it's not generating customers. We got a problem, Houston. And so I say that to you because there's so many people out there that are, you know, they're on the latest social media trend and they're posting here and there and everywhere. And then they have yet to track that back to an actual customer. And a lot of that has to do with energy and it has to do with you are trying to force yourself upon other people versus using messaging and marketing and the tools to attract those people to you and help you stand out in the marketplace. 
When you do that, your to-do list goes down. When you invite people to help you on your team with your workload, it gives you more creativity and more time to come up with different solutions and to come up with different content and to figure out a way to stand out in the crowd. And so um, I want to encourage you, one, to open yourself up to abundance by practicing gratitude, but two, to look at it as, um, look at your business as a way to pull the right people in, the people that would be a good match for what you do and who you are to become clients versus trying to attract everybody and anybody out there. And um, I have seen this, I had an example this morning when I was meditating that came into my head before recording this that came to me and um, not to pick on real estate agents, but they tend to be (laughs) the people that I see this with most often. And that is, um, they wanna help everybody who wants to buy or sell a house. I was like, that's a whole lot of people. Like you're looking at just Denver, that's over 3 million people that that could be. And how are you going to stand out from the other 3,500, 4,000, maybe it's 5,000 other realtors in the area that say the exact same thing. And so people will dive into all of these marketing tactics from posting on Facebook to running Facebook ads and all these different things, but they haven't aligned themselves with who they are, what their vision is, what they want from their business, and what kind of impact they want to make so that they can put that kind of messaging out there and attract the people that actually would resonate with them and their skill set. And that's what I find um, is the most exhausting is when you are trying to serve everyone, you end up serving no one because you can't stand out. People can't find you. They don't know who you are. They don't know what you stand for. They don't know what your values and goals are. They don't know where you're going with your business. They don't know what skill set you have. And you're just noise in the crowd. And you really see it right now online with people that are um, jumping on the online course bandwagon or the online business bandwagon. There are people that deliver value, high value, and they've done it for years. And there are people who just scrape by and try to attract anyone and everyone. And those are the people that are struggling. Those are the people that are grabbing for attention, grabbing for subscribers, grabbing for anyone to join up and do, you know, get involved in what they do. And they are, their business is shrinking because the people that have drawn a line in the sand and they said, this is who I help. This is what I do. And this is how I help them. Very specifically, they are the ones that stand out and they are the ones that are getting in front of the people that they want to work with and creating conversations and they have their time back because when you're trying to serve everybody under the planet, like I have a really good friend, it's a realtor and she invited me into a golf league um, this summer and she has played one game out of eight because she is constantly running around trying to please every single person that comes across her radar as a referral. And instead she, instead she could draw a line in the sand and say, Nope, this is the only people that I help and become known for that specific arena and take her time back and take her life back. But fear keeps her stuck and fear repels abundance. It it feeds scarcity. And so I just want you to think about that, making full circle. And so diving just a little bit into the 2020, um, reasons that we have, like so many of us have been feeling burned out and tired and exhausted for months. 
um, is that, you know, there was, and it's still going on. And that's why I'm talking about it is, you know, we've, we've been dealing with COVID now for, let's see, a year, 18 months. And it's still like, it's still going on. And so at the time of this recording, and it is mentally exhausting to every day, like here, oh, there's more cases. Oh, now kids are affected. Oh, now this, now we got to go back to masks. It is mentally and emotionally and physically exhausting because when you are stressed and you are worried about something emotionally or mentally, it exhausts you physically. And so I want to encourage you with a couple things right here. One, shut the news off. Only get the, the bare news that you have to because when you get sucked into that, you are sucked into the other energy there. Um, and two, get outside and breathe fresh air when you can. Even if it's cold out, like I live in Denver and it's not always warm and sunny. Now it's, it's really hot today, but it's not always warm and sunny, but it's still nice to go out. And even if it's for 15 or 20 minutes and just breathe some fresh air, whether that's you go for a quick walk, maybe you go to the park and sit on a bench and have a cup of coffee. Whatever it is, when you get out into nature and you can breathe that fresh air, it immediately starts to unravel your anxiety and your emotional stress and your mental stress because you can focus on something else. Um, And then the other suggestion I have for you is to listen to music. Music does something to your brain. It turns on in a completely different part of your brain. And when you just can chill out and listen to music, lay on the floor, it's going to help you get out of your head and stop thinking about all the could be's and instead just relax and enjoy the music and sing along and dance or do whatever it is you do because your brain needs a break. And so that's one of the ways that um, I have found recharging is when I go for a walk or when I just, I just am doing stuff around the house, like making dinner. When I turn on music, it just helps me to, take a deep breath and sigh it out because sometimes you just need that extra little push to unwind. So instead of expecting yourself to just keep going and pushing yourself forward to, you know, help everyone and serve everyone, meet all these goals. um, I want to give you five different tips or suggestions um, to help you recharge and replenish your energy and get back on track. And so number one is to be aware of your body. Like if you have pain and stress in your body, you have, you're stressed out mentally and physically and emotionally. And so tune in, like if you've got pain in your back, chances are pretty high that you're carrying a weight on your shoulders. And so it's showing up in your back. So maybe do some yoga stretches. There's like a gajillion yoga stretches on Instagram and on YouTube and all these different places. Just go Google free yoga stretches for your back and just, you know, tune into your body, pay attention because it's talking to you and it will get louder if you don't pay attention to it. So, and then number two is to understand your limits and use that one word sentence, no, as often as possible. Because a lot of times we just say yes out of fear or we say yes out of um, responsibility. We say yes, because we feel like we're the only ones that can do it. The reality is, is that most of the things you say yes to don't have to be a yes. They could be a maybe, or they could be a no, or they could be a yes, but so-and-so is going to help you with that or a yes, but we need to delay it or whatever it might be. It doesn't just have to be a blanket. Yes. 
And then number three is to hold your boundaries. Like a lot of times our family and our friends and our business associates and different people will try to push our boundaries. Our clients will try to push our boundaries to make us get things done quicker and on their time frame. But I'm telling you right now, when you set those boundaries, they're going to have greater respect for you. And it's going to relieve a lot of the pressure and, um, anxiety that you hold for yourself for not accomplishing things on their time frame. When you set really clear parameters and really clear expectations, and then you stick to those with your clients, they're just like, sweet, I got it. And most of them will admire you for that because they can't do it themselves. And so um, hold your boundaries. And then uh, number four is to ask for help. Sometimes you just got to ask for help and hiring that first person. um, I'm in the process of that right now is scary. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. You're just like, Oh my God, what are you going to give them? And, um, and like, how are you going to lose control? How are you going to manage it? But the key is to really think about the processes that you want people to follow and what kind of check-in, you know, um, measurement you're going to have for them. If they're, if they're handling a certain part of your business, like an accountant, for example, if you have a bookkeeper, What are the checks um, and balances for you to check on their work, to make sure you're still in the loop, all those different things. If you have a VA, how are you going to monitor their time? How are you going to set expectations? How are you going to determine if they're getting the projects done that you want them to get done? But that is putting on your big girl pants and setting up those processes that you follow currently so that you can let it go to someone else. You can train someone else in that position and get some of your time back because until we can give some of those remedial or repetitive tasks away to someone else, it's going to be really difficult for us to scale and grow our business or even take on more clients, serve more clients or add more workload to those clients because we are only a human and there's only so many things we can do in a day. And so asking for help, it may seem like it's a weakness, but it's actually one of your greatest strengths as an entrepreneur. And then I mentioned this one before, but the last one is to just tune out the world, including your own thoughts and sit in silence. And I read a quote today, I've seen it before, but um, I think it was Buddha that said it, like sit in silence for 20 minutes every day. And if you think you don't have time, sit for an hour. And the reality is that when you sit in silence, and I have experienced this multiple times, when you sit in silence and you can make your brain stop talking, whether that is focusing on a guided meditation or focusing on your breath or doing sound healing or whatever that might be, when you can create that room for quiet, the answers, the direction, all of the things you're wondering about, will come. And the other thing that I have been doing on a regular basis is just for five or 10 minutes a day, I have a conversation with myself via journaling. And I turn on some music. Again, I journaling music on YouTube. That's what I did. And I just sit and I journal out a conversation back and forth about things that I'm feeling, things that I'm going through, questions that I have about, should I do this? Should I do that? What's my next step? And oddly enough, when you close your brain off for a minute, the answers come and they come through the paper. And then you go back and read it and you're like, oh my gosh, wow, this is crazy. But that rest 
giving yourself time to rest and not do all the time and giving yourself space to be silent will 100% evolve your business. And you'll have sanity at the end of the day. Imagine that. So that is this week's show episode. It's really about mindset and giving yourself the opportunity to have the business you not only deserve, but the business that you want and that you wanted to start before you jumped into this entrepreneurial game that enables you to have freedom and impact and all of the things that your heart desires. Because most entrepreneurs don't get into this gig, this gig without um, taking some time to build out their business. And so um, their long uh, term goals have more to do with other people than they do themselves. Uh, But you can't serve other people if you aren't taking care of yourself. And so I want to encourage you to uncover your uh, exhaustive habits if you have them or be aware of them if you don't have them yet, because they can sneak in and then nip them in the bud with one of those five tips. So until next week, sit in silence, give yourself time to rest recharge, rejuvenate, whatever that might be. And I hope to see you outside. Take care and I'll see you next week. If you're like most entrepreneurs, you know, you should be on social media, but they keep changing the dang rules. For Pete's sake, every day there's a new algorithm change. There's when you should post, when you should not post, what you should post. Should you do video? Should you do Insta stories? Should you do this? Ah, It's enough to make anybody crazy. And the worst part of all is that even if you're showing up and you have a huge audience on one of these platforms, you don't own any information about them. So when they change the rules, and you know they do, you are at their mercy. But what if instead you could own your audience? What if you had the power to show up in front of them, share what you want to share on your own time frame? Well, you can't. In my new upcoming training, Own Your Audience, you're going to learn how to stop being at the mercy of social media moguls. Yes, social media is a great tool, but when you put all of your eggs in their basket, it's like renting an apartment with a horrible landlord who keeps changing the rent. You deserve better. You deserve to control and get in touch with your people on your terms. In the Own Your Audience training, you're going to learn the five-step proven system that I've used with my clients for the last 20 years that gets you in front of your audience, builds conversations, builds connections, and best of yet, helps you sell your stuff. Because if you're not selling anything, it's really hard to stay in business. So join me for this free live training coming up. It is so easy for you to join and come and be part of this live training by going to alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience. If you're tired of fretting about the next social media change, and you're sick of being at the mercy of what to do, when to post, how to post, where to be, and you just want some sanity with your marketing, join me for this upcoming live training at alisaconnor.com forward slash own your audience. And I look forward to seeing you inside.